Well, good morning, church. How we doing? I don't know if it's the same for you, but this morning we are in the last psalm coming out of our psalm series, which means we have been in the psalms for 13 weeks, and I have no idea where that time went. And so we are about to, as we jump into the fall, about to switch up our focus. And so before we jump into our very last psalm this morning, Psalm 42, I want to give you a little bit of a preview of what you can expect over these next couple of weeks. So next Sunday, September 10th, we're going we're gonna to have our entire morning revolve around prayer. And I'm going to invite about four or five people to come and share with us specific prayer points for our community, for our families, for our places of work, for our church. And then we're going to use next week as a time for us to pray together. And so whenever we do this as a church, whenever I ask us to pray in groups, I always want to be clear to say this. I do realize that praying in groups may not be easy for us, may not be comfortable for us, and so next week you are are more than welcome to do that, to grab people around you in group up, or it's cool if you just pray with your spouse or your family, or if you pray on your own, or if you don't even want to pray at all, but simply sit and listen to the people praying around you, it's all good. So we will be praying together, but next week you will have freedom to pray in any way that you want. That's next week. Then the week after that, September 17th, we're going to invite our our short-term summer teams. This past summer, we sent out at least nine different short-term teams, nine different groups that went all over the place, different places in the world, different places within the United States, even right here in Mannheim. And so we're going to use Sunday, September 17th in two weeks as a morning of hearing back from those groups as they give us one or two highlights of how they saw God move where they were at and in themselves during their time away. And then the Sunday after that, September 24th, Todd Block, who is from Village of Hope, Village of Hope is the orphanage that we work with in Guatemala. We've sent a couple teams down there. And Todd Block will be with us that morning to talk about God's call to us to care for orphans and others in need who we are called to reach out to in the name of Jesus. While I'm laying all of this out, let me just throw out two more quick opportunities. The the first is an opportunity to respond to the hurricane that I'm sure we've all been watching in the news, Hurricane Harvey. This slide simply captures the text that went out as an email from the church earlier in the week. We are, we are linking up with Samaritan's Purse either the third or fourth week of September. If you're interested in this, if you have questions on how, how do I get involved, what can I do, Deb Newton is the person that you want to talk to and her contact information is on that slide. And then lastly, and this one is actually in the bulletin, we are offering on September 13th a care training evening. 
And so if you are involved in a ministry where you are providing care for the people that you work with, whether that's in a small group and you are caring for the people inside your group or people outside your group or any other people-intensive ministry, you can have a training on, on what does providing smart, wise care look like. And again, this announcement is in your bulletin, so to RSVP for that, to ask any questions, Pastor Bill's your guy, and his contact information is, again, in your bulletin. So lots of things to look forward to, lots of opportunities to take advantage of, but before we get to any of that, this morning we are in Psalms 42. And Psalms 42 goes where it seems like all of our psalms have gone. This idea that we have seen on repeat throughout the psalms over and over again. The psalmist is crying out in pain. The psalmist is crying out to God for help. And this is an awesome place for us to end this series because, because it's the thing that attracted me to bringing this series to you in the first place. For me, in my own life, when I navigate the hard things that are there, especially when I'm navigating the hard things in my life, I am drawn to the Psalms, those hard things that that every single one of us face, pain, the the pain that, that comes that you and I have in our own lives through our own sin, and we've talked about that as part of this series, the, the pain that comes as a consequence from, from the poor decisions of others. We've talked about that too. And then the pain that simply comes because you and I are living in this fallen world. The reality is, and this is our big idea for this morning, the pain in all of our lives, your pain is going to push you. But where are you going to allow that pain to push you? In other words, where will you go with your pain? What will you do with your pain? How how will you choose to respond to those pain points in your life? Maybe your pain is that school starts, at least for Mannheim Central, starts in two days. Maybe your pain revolves around your job or your finances or your stuff. Again, thinking of the hundreds of thousands of people impacted by Hurricane Harvey who have have pretty much lost everything that they've owned. Maybe your pain revolves around your relationships or your well-being, something, someone is threatening you. Maybe your pain revolves around your health. But the question is, where will you go in your pain? What will you do with your pain? How will you respond to the pain points that that are in your life? I'm not going to ask you to answer this question out loud, but please do not sidestep this question. This past weekend on Friday night, Cindy and I were watching a movie and it drove the point exactly what we're going to be talking about this morning, about a woman who who makes just some heart-wrenching decisions Because of pain in her life, she loses someone close to her and she she attempts to drown out her pain 
through substance abuse, through bad relationships. And so this is why I'm asking you this question because, because pain has a funny way of making even the most seemingly put together people come off of the rails. So do not duck this question this morning. Your pain is going to push you. Where are you going to allow that pain to push you? This morning, Brad is going to come and he's going to pray for our time in God's word. He's going to read Psalm 42 for us. But as Brad reads this morning, I want you to keep your eyes open. As Brad reads, as you read along, I want you to keep your eyes open for, for two things. The first is this, what, what is the pain or the descriptions of pain that the psalmist calls out? And secondly, what does the psalmist do in the face of that pain? Brad. Before we get into the scriptures, uh, let me just pray for us quick as we start our morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for this place that we can gather, Lord, um, just friends and family in this house where we can get into your word. Please, uh, Cleanse our hearts, Lord. Let's come in and worship you with a whole heart and let the, the words that you'll bring to us seep down in and, and turn in us and stir, stir a love for you and a passion for you. Lord, I pray that you show us your glory and show us your power. Um, show us that through Psalms 42 and the words that Brian will speak and that you give him. Amen. Psalms 42. As the deer longs for the streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for you, God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking, as I remember how it used to be. I walked along the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the turmoil of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies, their taunts breaking my bones? They scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Thank you, Brad. So if we jump back to that very first question, right? what is the pain or the descriptions of pain that the psalmist calls out? Now, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks, and I can't let us get rusty on this, so I need you to help me here, right? So there are all kinds, by my count, at least seven descriptors of pain that the psalmist gives us. And so I need you to help me find these. So go ahead and call these out again, coming directly from our scripture, directly from Psalm 42. What did you guys see there? What's that? Hunger. Hunger. Right. 
Let's call that, let, let's, let's come back to that in our second question because the psalmist's hunger is actually hunger for God. But let me give you, so the thing that, that causes that hunger is the psalmist says, I have only tears for food. So, and we can call that tears. What else? Taunting, that's right. So we can call that taunts, right? The psalmist says, verse 10, their taunts, the enemy's taunts break my bones. What else? Being made fun of. Right, so abandonment, we can call being made fun of, we can capture that um, as oppression. What else? So depression's there, grief is there. I wander around in grief, that's in verse nine. What else? Discouragement, right? So we have that twice. Why am I discouraged? Verse five, verse 11, right? So discouraged is there. Even in verse six, the psalmist says, I, I am deeply discouraged. So we've got discouragement. Let's, let's list deeply discouraged as well. Sad, there's sadness there. Living in the past. Living in the past. That's good. The psalmist says, my heart is breaking. We can throw that on the list. Right, we could go on and on here, I'm, I'm sure, because there, there's a lot. And the Marines, we would say, this is a target-rich environment, right? Lots of things that we could list here. But I want us to move on and come now to that second question, which is this. What does the psalmist do in the face of that pain? See, we don't know what the backstory to Psalms 42 is, right? But, but obviously, based on that list that we just created, obviously not good. There are enemies on the move. And the psalmist is thinking back, right? Times have changed. These are not the good old days. The psalmist is feeling discouraged and sad and forgotten. But what does the psalmist do? So we, we heard, we got that answer actually already, at least part of that answer, right? So, so thirsts for God. What else does the psalmist do? Remembers. I heard that. I heard give thanks. What else? I heard hope, right? Puts hope in God. I think I heard something else over here. Praising God. And singing songs, right? So the psalmist sings. Cries out for help. Praise. Calls God my rock. Anne's doing a great job of capturing these. So much easier to let her capture these than try to have me capture these and talk to you at the same time. It just doesn't work real well. So two really good lists here. If we, if we take this list and we synthesize this list, if we try to simplify it so it makes sense to us, realize that the psalmist is being totally honest with his feelings. 
right? Not trying to dress anything up, but rather allowing the rawness of, of how he feels and bringing that to God. But in the face of, of those feelings, in the face of that pain, he is placing his hope in God. He's remembering, he's praising, he's praying. In other words, the way that we could say this is in Psalms 42, the psalmist is preaching to himself. Right? We see that literally called out in, in places like verse 5 and verse 11 and in other places as well where the psalmist is literally talking to himself. The, the, the psalmist is saying he's bringing his focus, he's preaching to himself, bringing his focus to absolutely the most important question before us this morning. We can say it this way, in the, the, the psalmist's pain, what does God do? We see that in verse 8, where the psalmist writes, in the face of everything that he's facing, in the face of, of, of everything that he's feeling, the psalmist writes, but each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. Right? I hope that you can see this because, because Psalms 42 does not give us a resolution within the verses that we have. We don't get where the story goes from here. We don't know how the story ends. Within the words of Psalm 42, we do not get happily ever after. But the thing that we do get is in the face of all of that pain and the psalmist's reaction to that pain, the psalmist is able to write, but each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. Even in and especially on those days when everything feels like it's failing. Just like the psalmist, you too can preach to yourself. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love. A love that does not fail. A love that cannot fail. Each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. I know that in my own life right now, and I don't know what it is, maybe it's a midlife crisis, but I know that in my own life right now, it feels like so many things are busted. I've told you about the arthritis in my shoulder, and maybe it's the rain that we're getting, but it just feels more glitchy. Like I can feel the pain deeper in my arm and, and back on my shoulder blade. There's all these things inside my house that need fixed. A couple of months ago, Cindy calls me. I was out and she says, there's water pouring through the ceiling from the upstairs bathroom into the downstairs bathroom. And so I got rid of all the wet drywall and, and got everything wet out of there, but I still haven't fixed it. I've got a hole in my driveway. I've got a window that needs to be replaced car bills, some hard relationships in my life, my, my own mistakes and my own sin, even our dog is busted. <laughs> so a few months ago, our dog tore her ACL, we got that fixed, and you either get that or you don't. 
there's no in-between there, right? You're like, why would you spend money to get a dog surgery? You understand that or you don't at all. And it's take the dog out back with a shovel and that's the end of it. I should probably get back to my notes. So now, now our dog has a urinary tract infection. And Cindy said, that's TMI, but then we decided that our dog probably doesn't care that you know that she has a UTI. But a time in my life where so much feels like it's busted, and the reason that I tell you all that goofy stuff is because I know that I am not alone. That in your life as well, you've got the same kind of things. Where do you go with that? What do you do with that? How do you respond to those pain points in your life? Another way to say this is how do you recalibrate your heart to what's true? I find in my own life that when I'm unable personally to see God's unfailing love to me, that I have to be walking in relationship with people that allow me to see that even when I can't see the truth of that fact for myself, I need to be in relationship with people that can see God's unfailing love to me for me. How do you recalibrate your heart to what's true? Because the reality is this, that in your pain, you can easily be blinded. In your pain, you can can easily forget. In your pain, you you, you can easily be brought to downright disbelief in the truth of verse 8. And so the beauty of the Psalms is exactly this and why you need to come back to the truth that we have seen in the Psalms week after week after week. This truth that, that the Psalm seems to highlight on repeat Again and again, that despite, regardless of the things that are busted in your life, as a follower of Jesus, each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon you. As I thought how to end this morning, as I thought how to to end this series, here's where I landed. I'm convinced, I kind of take this as my informal job description. I'm convinced that every single Sunday morning we walk into this room and, and our heads are abuzz. We are overwhelmed by the stuff of our lives. Our busy schedules, our plans, family tensions, relationship issues, our stress, our pain, our sin, but if we are doing this church thing correctly, if we are doing this church thing right, we should be leaving this space overwhelmed by the greatness of our God who is sovereign over all of that stuff. And so on a Sunday morning, I am always aiming to bring you the truth of of who God is. And what God is like. And what God 
wants and what God has done, especially through the gospel, especially in how God has loved you through his son, Jesus. That Jesus lives the perfectly obedient life that you cannot live. That Jesus dies on the cross for your sin. That Jesus comes back, comes back from, from the dead. That through his resurrection, through his victorious ascension, it's through Jesus that God does pour out his unfailing love on you. And so quite simply, that's the thing that that I aim to bring you every Sunday so that you can see the overwhelming beauty of who God is and what God has done. Quite simply, it's where Psalm 42 takes us. Quite simply, it's where all the Psalms take us. It's going it, it, it's, it's to be where we go this morning, how we end our time in the Psalms. And so what I've done is quite simply this. I've gone back through the 13 Psalms that we have looked at over these, these past three months. And I'm simply going to step off of the platform and simply allow the truth of these verses coming from each of these Psalms There'll be some 13 slides. Each one will flash for about 20 seconds. And as these verses roll, knowing that pain is a part of life in this fallen world, knowing that your pain is going to push you, where are are you going to allow that pain to push you? My prayer is that you would allow that pain in your life to push you to the truth. The truth that we see today, the truth that we've seen throughout this series again and again and again, that each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon you. And 